Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and this is my 100th episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, following, messaging me and just being there, especially if you're someone who has listened for the whole three years that I've been doing this. The amount of guests I've had, hours I've spent, laughs I've had and things I've learned is honestly overwhelming to comprehend and I'm so proud of how far the show has come. If you enjoy the show, please, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and a rating on Spotify. It honestly means so much to me. It helps the show grow and I'm just so grateful you're here. So thank you so much for the 100th episode and to celebrate having moved home to Australia and how happy I am to be home. This week, I'm joined by queer actor, presenter, writer and Australian icon, Kath Ebbs. With over 75,000 followers on Instagram, their work focuses on visibility and advocacy with storytelling at its heart. Arguably one of the original Instagram influencers, Kath grew their online following through meme culture as part of one of the first content collectives and has continued to foster that community whilst harnessing the power of new age advertising. They have partnered with brands such as Nike, Bonds, The Iconic and SBS, just to name a few, having recently started Nike's global campaign for the Women's World Cup. Kath is also the co-creator and star of their own TikTok web series titled Self Care, which follows the fictional character of Grace on their journey of self-discovery after dealing with a sudden breakup. In 2022, Kath graced Aussie TV screens as Asha on Neighbours, the first non-binary character to ever appear on an Aussie soap. When speaking to Variety, they said, if just one child that is struggling with their gender identity sees Asher on screen and feels as though their feelings are valid and okay and accepted, and not only accepted but celebrated, or a parent seeing Asher becomes more accepting of their child or kids at school, that would be a huge achievement and a success point for me. In addition to being a regular panellist on ABC's The Drum, they're also a producer and host of their own online talk show titled Conversations with Kath, where they sit down to have hard, soft, and sometimes silly conversations with diverse guests on a variety of topics. Kind of like Mads World. This has expanded into a podcast, allowing Kath to bring some of their life experiences to the table. They continue to push for change in these spaces, both on and offline, by fusing their creativity with their love for what it means to be human. In this episode, we talk about self-discovery, identity, personal growth, gender representation and the media, tokenism and palliative representation, the importance and value of community, self-care, inclusivity, and so much more. Hello, Kath. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I mean, am I good? No, I'm actually good. I'm tired today, but like overall... It was so weird. I walked into therapy the other day and I've, I like know my therapist so well. Like I've been there like almost five years, almost every week. And it's like the awkward at the beginning where she's like, how are you? And I'm always like, Egh. and like, 
It was so funny on Wednesday yesterday. <laughs> she was like, how are you? And I was like, good. And we both just stared at each other. She was like, I was like, I know. Like, I feel really good. Like, I have no, <laughs> I have no gossip for you, babe. <laughs> so I'm good. Oh, my God. I love when your therapist is like, how are you? And you're like, yeah, good. How are you? And she's like, what? It doesn't matter how I am. I'm like, no, like, just tell me. <laughs> Literally, it's always, I, I, I honestly have that joke with her all the time. I'm like, how are you? And she just starts laughing. I'm like, ah, no, but seriously, how are you? Yeah. I'm like, I like to think that we're a- we're actually friends. Yeah, I don't like to think that we have this weird parasocial relationship. Anyways, I'm good. Yeah, it's so good. Awesome. Um, we were just saying before, I randomly drove up to Sydney this week because my friend, my best friend, has moved up to Sydney, and um, I just jumped in the car with her and did a little eight-hour drive. So just a casual one. So I was actually up in your ends over the weekend, which is so fun. My ends. How did you find? Are you Melbourne? I'm Melbourne, yeah. So I'm Melbourne girly, but like I was saying, I lived in London for seven years. So I'm, I'm kind of, I am local here, but I don't know anything. Like people keep visiting. They're like, what's the best restaurant to go to? I'm like, I don't know. Like, how would I know that? <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. How did you find Sydney? I actually really loved it. I feel like Sydney, I had a bad impression of it in my head. Like everyone there is, I don't know, like very like fake or has like that that influencery like fake lifestyle or something. But then when you're there, you're like, this is actually kind of edgy and kind of good. Like I was into it. I literally had this rant on my podcast the other week about the Sydney <laughs> Melbourne rivalry. And like, I feel like and everyone got me twisted. Everyone thought I was saying that like, oh, because like so many of my f- own friends betrayed me in my own comment section that are from <laughs> Melbourne. And they were like, you, I literally heard you last week complain about Melbourne. I was like, no, 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 no. Don't get me twisted. Yeah. My friends went against me and they were like, you literally complained about Melbourne the other week. And I was like, no, no, no. It's not about like, uh, there are things I hate about Sydney. There are things I love about Sydney. There are things I hate about Melbourne, things I love about Melbourne. I was like, I like Melbourne. Like if someone comes up to me at a pub and goes, I'm from Melbourne. I'm like, I'm like, I love Melbourne. These are the things I love about it. Where do you live in Melbourne? Like slay. I feel like Melbourne people yeah. will like come for you with like unsolicitedly, like be like, where are you from? Like, oh, I'm from Sydney. And they like, just yell at me about how they, they hate Sydney. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't ask. Like there's a difference between having discourse about what you think of a place pros and cons compared to like unsolicitedly telling people that like and so many people will be like fuck sydney and you'll be like have you been and they'll be like no i'm like so why do you not like it it's like this perception and it only comes from melbourne people and i'm going it's giving bitter this is what i said about i was it's giving bitter because i i have no explanation as to what the problem is do you know what it is i reckon it's because and having lived in london i actually have experienced this first hand is that when you're like oh have you been to Melbourne or been to Australia they're like oh yeah I've been to Sydney like Sydney was cooler and then you get a bit jealous and you're like no Melbourne's cooler like it's way cooler like you don't even know and they're like yeah but Sydney's like you know it's like quintessential Australia I'm like no Melbourne has culture okay like you get weirdly like jealous and that's literally where it stems from but it's like I went to Sydney I'm like okay this is actually really good (laughs) and then that happens you know how many of my Melbourne friends are like bad mouth and they go to Sydney like actually Sydney's really cool I'm like yeah, babe. Like, like that's your like that's 
your own issue. Like I don't have, a, I never had a problem. I never needed convincing. And I was like, you're so right on that. It's like, because a lot of people do like Sydney yeah. more, not because of anything other than the fact that there's just like city and beach, which is so rare because the beaches here are like quite nice mm-hmm. for a city beach, which is like cool. Like I, I, it's not because I live here. I literally like when I travel overseas, I'm like, wow, that's pretty fucking special to have like this amazing beach 10 minutes from the CBD. That's wild. That's crazy. So cool. And, but like, there's no denying that like Melbourne is cooler in terms of like culture. But if you're looking at like aesthetically in Australia, like I think Sydney wins, but that's fine. But Melbourne people hate that fact. Like the one thing Sydney has over them. And so they're trying to convince you why like it's outweighed. And I'm going, just relax, relax. It's not that deep. And two things can be true at once. Both places can be good, you know? Uh, yeah, it makes me so mad. I could rant about this. I'm, I'm over. I'm over Melbourne people telling me how my home sucks. It's giving, it's a bit rude, okay? It's a bit insulting. Yeah, it's actually really insulting. Um, well, this is my 100th episode of the podcast, which is actually mental. And I've been doing this for three years. And I'm so excited that now I'm back in Australia. I'm settled. I'm having so much fun that I get to have such an awesome Australian icon, um, especially for young people like you on the podcast. Oh my Thank God. you so much for joining. Um, That's yeah, crazy. it's really exciting. So I was really... Really buzzing when you said yes. I'm a massive fan of yours. So yeah, it's just awesome. And 100 eps is massive. So big day. Big that is day. crazy. As someone that has a, a new podcast, I'm going 100 episodes. I could never. I don't have that patience. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> Couldn't be me. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Well, um, every app I do a speed date question round. So everyone listening can learn a bit more about you. And obviously you've had an awesome journey in your creator and influencer career. So there's so much stuff that I want to ask you about, especially because it's the 100th app. And do you know what? This podcast started out as a dating podcast, dating sex relationships, me telling my funny sex and dating stories. And then it sort of evolved into like feminism and gender equality and all sorts of different things. Like I hate the term women's issues because they are everyone's issues, but it's just, you know, it's become a bit more broad and we love to see it. So yeah, it's going to be a really great discussion. But up first, I want to know, what is your favorite pop culture moment of all time? Um, okay, so... <sighs> no, I'm going to do speed round because this recently possibly changed, but I'm going to stick with my OG answer. It is um, Lisa Renna and Kim Richards in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, ooh, I should have known the season number. I can't remember, but they're in Amsterdam and Lisa Renna smashes a wine glass over a table because Kim Richard dared to talk about her husband. And it's honestly one of the most iconic reality TV scenes of all time. And it takes the cake for me. It's close up there now with the last episode um, of season four of Rue House of Salt Lake City, the whole episode, but we're going to stick with Beverly Hills. Amazing. I honestly love when those clips go viral and on TikTok and people just get so creative with it. Is this the one where they're having the dinner party and she's like, that's my opinion? No. So that's Real Housewives of um, Orange County. That's... um, 
uh, saying to Vicky, Vic, yeah, Vicky Gunvalson had like this awful boyfriend who faked having cancer um, and got called out for it. So that was what that was. <laughs> I know that's another what? iconic, that's another iconic oh Real House days. moment. But no, this is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when um, Kim Richards, which is actually Paris Hilton's auntie, is, is um, she's a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she struggled with addiction issues on the show, which is so um kind of problematic but anyways lisa renner um who is harry hanlon is that how you say his name anyways she got mad because kim said let's not talk about the rumors about your husband and lisa jumped up from the table and like smashed a wine glass on the table and (laughs) said don't you ever talk about my husband um (laughs) I recommend everyone listening, if you don't know what I'm talking about, to Google it or get it on YouTube. It will change your life. It is so camp and so iconic. I love it so much. I honestly love a bit of reality TV. I feel like I don't watch as much as I would want to, but I see so much of it on social media. I'm really enjoying Love Island All-Stars in the UK at the moment, just the clips. Like, it's the most incest thing I've ever seen. They're all just getting with each other. I'm like, you've all dated and this is so weird but i'm obsessed i'm obsessed <laughs> love island uk is honestly oh. some of the best tv ever and that all stars is is really feeding me at the moment honestly it's unhinged and like just the whole like there's just so many love triangles and i'm like i know you're all here for more instagram followers because you had your little like die down after your season and you need that endorphin hit again but i'm like I don't care. Just be weird to me. Like, keep being weird, Hans. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> so good. So good. Next question is, tell me about a book, movie, or song that really impacted your life. So something that you read and it just sort of changed the outlook on everything and just something you always recommend. Okay. So I don't really read. Um, so because I'm a terrible, terrible, terrible reader, like I can't read to save my life, but I would say that any of Paul Simon's music, um, his, the, my favorite album of his is Graceland. And honestly, that album changed my life. But very recently I revisited his album, You're the One. And that is also changing my life. But any of his music, his lyrics, um, the way he songwrites, the way he storytells, the way he encapsulates a feeling or a moment is, um, I think, I think he's one of the greatest songwriters in the world. And his music has always like deeply, deeply, spoken to me and I feel like I whenever I feel any sort of like deep emotion that's usually where I'll go whether it be listening to his music or honestly reading his lyrics it's like some of my favorite poetry too um so yeah Paul Simon I would say and does it sort of transport you back to a particular time in your life or is it something that you've like a person you've always admired when did I first I first listened to the song you can call me Owl, which is my favorite song of all time. Um, when I was like sixteen, such and a good it, song, such a good song, and I don't know why. I don't know why it spoke to me, but it did. That was like my entry level in, and then, yeah, I, I, I can't remember a distinct moment, but I just became like obsessed with his music, like, and it's kind of been a through line for the past like eight years or something. Um, even at the moment I'm going through a a breakup and his album, you're the one has literally been him and George Michael as well, to be honest, like George Michael, I have the same sort of affiliation Mm -hmm. with in a different way, but in the same sort of way that like, I will always revisit their music and different certain songs or certain albums, like remind me of like a time of like 
grief. I find it so interesting that like there are certain artists that you can revisit in your life when you've gotten older or you have a different perspective on things or you've learned new stuff and it's like a song will take on a whole different meaning for you. I feel that way about um, The Suburbs by Arcade Fire because I like loved that song and that album in my teen years and then I feel like it's something that I listen to every time I do go through a breakup and even though every relationship I've had has been so different and I've you know gotten older like that song it always like has this same feeling of nostalgia and like knowing that I'm gonna be okay because my first heartbreak was so bad and then when I listen to it I'm like okay I got through that one so it's like a feeling of comfort that I can do it again. It's just so interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. I also agree with when you um my first ever big heartbreak was so atrocious. And um it's so mm-hmm. interesting. You don't actually realize the amount of groundwork you do when you have like a fucked breakup because then you have another one and you're like prepared to like experience the same thing and you're like, "Oh, I can deal with this. This is okay." <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I can do it. But at the same time, you're like, oh, God, I know how bad this is going to be. So it's like I know what I'm in for, but at least I've done it before and I survived so I can get through it. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And my next question is, what would you tell your younger self? And I feel like as someone who's done so much self-discovery and you do a lot of work um, and advocacy online for, you know, self-love and um, just really interesting conversation about identity. So I think I'm really interested to hear your answer for this one if you could have a convo with your younger self what would you say I it's so interesting whenever I hear this question I think less about something I would say and rather just this idea of like being with um obviously there's so many like cliche things that I would want to say is like you know you get through this or this gets better but I think I've always kind of known that like I've always had a deep belief that like if you just sit with things will evolve and get better. And I'm, I have a really deep level of like faith. And I've had that since I was like a kid. So I don't think I would bother saying that because I think that my younger self would turn around to me and go, yeah, bitch, I know. Okay. Like, you're not telling me something wise. And I'd be like, <laughs> sorry, queen. Um, I'd probably just give them <laughs> a hug, honestly, just give them a hug and like be with them. And, um, yeah, I, it's interesting. I'd probably want to hang out with my younger self. I think I – I mean, depending on what age, honestly. Um, but if I go back to, like, younger, younger me, like, definitely, like, a deep level of being with as an adult self and being, like, yeah, you know, like, you're not um, stuck in this. Like, you will be able to forge your own life and being there for that little person that felt – super alone and like they didn't have anyone and I think um yeah I think also like I would love to have a conversation with my younger self because I feel like my younger self was so much strong like so strong and had lived I mean I still do but in a different way like lived with such integrity mm-hmm. and such resilience that I'd honestly want to pick my younger self's brain which sounds so silly because I'm the same oh my god no It's so interesting. And I I feel like lately as well, I've read so much about um, like the inner child and like keeping that sense of silliness as you get older. And that's something that like I've always, like I've always been such a silly person and like, you know, climb up the stairs on your hands and like just be like, just having fun and like having a fun relationship is so important to me and like making sure the inner child feels like, feels happy and fulfilled it's like have I laughed enough today like have I felt creative today like have I done all of those things I think 
that is a really important point. And something else you said there that was really interesting is that you'd want to ask your younger self's advice because I don't think anyone's ever said that, but I definitely agree on the point that I've always thought like as you get older, everyone talks about this confidence that you're just meant to get when you turn 30. And like I turned 30 this year and last year, I turned 30 last year and last year was such a hard time in my life. Like I moved home from London and I had a bit of a mental breakdown and I was super depressed in the start of the year and stuff. And I was like, where is this confidence that everyone's talking about? Like I'm not confident. I actually feel like really deep shame about loads of shit. Like when, when does this all come? And it's like the idea that like I think that that's such a – thing that so many people who turn 30 say and it's like it everyone's journey is so different and everyone's journey with self-esteem and confidence and everything is so different too so yeah, I'd love to ask my 19 year old self like how do you like how do you just let water run off your back if like people are being mean to you or if like someone's rude to you or something because right now I'm like if someone's rude to me I'm like I will cry like don't be rude to me <laughs> That's literally me. I find that although like I definitely feel more like adult and like more, I don't know, like I guess on top of my stuff in a weird way, I also do look back at myself, especially when I was like 17 to like 19 and I just like didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a fuck about shit. And like now I think I still give that persona, but I deeply care in a way that's not – it doesn't feel aligned to me. Like it's like on the outside, like if someone says something mean or something bad happens with work, I'm literally looking at myself going, babe, like relax. It gives a fuck. You'll be fine. Also, you have so much privilege. Like you can deal, dude. Like even if this all goes away, like you'll be fine. Honestly. But I'm so panicked and my body's worked up, worked into like such a state that I don't even know how to like calm myself down from and I'm like I was not like this like is this just mean getting older where like capitalism really grabs you by the balls and all of a sudden you're like I need everyone to like me I need everyone um to like not hate me I need um to be successful with work I need to like never feel rejection if I don't get a job it means my life is over and I'm worthless and I'll never make anything of myself like I'm like when did this switch happen honestly like (laughs) I know it's so weird and it's like I just remember thinking like in school I was so self-righteous and like probably not always in the best way but like if someone challenged me on something I would always stand up for myself or if like someone bitch about me I'd be like nah no way like I'm right or like that person's a bitch or whatever but now I'm like if anyone challenges me ever I'm like oh god what have I done wrong here like I'm you know I must put myself in their shoes like this is so bad for me but it's like I need like I've just the ability to back yourself when you're a kid and you're a bit more just like, yeah, fuck you. It's just like such a strong thing. Whereas now I'm like, oh my God, I must've been me that fucked it up because how could anyone else fuck it up? You know? Literally. Like I feel that so heavily. I even think I'm going through this breakup at the moment. That's been a lot of the work yeah. for me is like backing myself more. Like I even remember towards the end, like my sister, I would like text her opinions on things and she'd be like, dude, like honestly your work is just to back yourself because like you're really good at, taking accountability and saying sorry and I think you do too much of it I think you actually just need to be like actually Mm. no (laughs) no I'm not budging on this one (laughs) like saying sorry less (laughs) yeah that's something else as well like I'm so apologetic for things now whereas before I would just literally move through the world and be like I don't care and it's like I wish I could bring some of that into my life now so yeah that's that's a real no one's ever said that before that they'd want advice from the younger self so I love that My next question is, and this is really exciting because I've got a really good story for this question too, but what is the weirdest DM you've ever received? And I love asking people with heaps of followers this because 
There's just so much unhinged shit out there. It's just always so good. I So when I read this question, I was like, surely I would have like a juicy story because like I've been on the internet for way too long. Like I'm fucking old. I'm a veteran at this point. I've been doing influencer bullshit for like nine years or something actually insane and I was like surely I would have like a crazy story or a few and I couldn't think of anything too crazy which also makes me think like my online community are a bunch of fucking angels um because I'm like no one is crazy <laughs> like no one's crazy on there like obviously I get trolled sometimes like someone will like you know like a lot of like homophobic slurs a lot of like um gender stuff like I get a lot of that like a lot of just like men being like you're fucking disgusting like there's crazy trolls but like that's boring like that's to me like that's predictable like trolls I'm like that is so predictable like what's a crazy yeah. story and like the only thing I could think that was like not crazy but like I guess maybe people wouldn't know or like would think was weird is like I've dated a lot of people that have sent me dms like a lot of people ask me like do you like and I, like would you date someone I'm like I'm like well not like to answer to answer the question like no but like I guess so because like a lot of people will DM me and and I'll reply and if the chat's good like I, like I've literally dated people that I've met on the internet so maybe that's crazy like maybe people I mean not a lot of people like yeah. I, when I say this it was like two people in the past nine years but I'm like that's pretty crazy like I've met let me think I've met like most of the people I've dated on the internet people are so quick to be and maybe it's like a like a concern thing or like a boomer mentality thing where it's like, oh, you know, like meeting someone on the internet's bad, but I'm like, the internet is life now. It's not like online and offline. It's just one thing. Like my life is, my whole job is online. Everything I do is online. It's like, it's not like the internet's this scary place where there's only like scary bad people. No, it's just literally every human ever is on there. So, is on there. <laughs> you know, like, know, there has to be some good ones. I know. And I think people <laughs> think because I'm like, have a little bit of a following that I'm not a human being and I'm going you know I'm a human being like if you're cute and you have good banter I will reply <laughs> <laughs> that's so good well I've got a really really good one for this and I put it on my Instagram story before so I need to get it up because I'm filming using my phone so I need to get it up separately but essentially a few weeks ago I matched with this guy on hinge we only had like a couple of messages back and forth like it was literally just like hey how are you like what like not it wasn't even anything like iconic or good and then we found each other, we had each other on Instagram, couple of messages back and forth. And I was like, do you want to go for a drink? And he was like, oh, I don't drink at the moment. We can just hang out. I was like, yeah, fine. Been there, done that. Like go for a sober date, whatever. I was like, I'll just message you tomorrow when I'm finished with work. Had a massive day at work. Felt really overwhelmed. Felt a bit sick. Didn't really want to go. So then I messaged him and just said, oh, hey, I'm feeling a bit like overwhelmed by life right now. I really can't go on a date tonight, whatever. I'm sorry. And the messages... You're going to just die at this. It's absolutely unhinged. It's I'm just, so scared. It is a prime example of just <laughs> cis straight white men being fucking crazy. So <laughs> the message I received. Wait, had you even met in person No, yet? we'd never met. So I get this message, Kath. It says <laughs> from him, I'm not usually like this, but I kind of cried a little bit. Lil LAL. I'm not entirely sure why. I'm so emotional ATM, maybe because I've been writing, but I just thought I should tell you ahead that I'm a sensitive schmuck who doesn't want to distract you from your work, but also needs a hug. But yeah, it is what it is. I hope you're still interested in me. And this is straight after I've told him that I am feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> like, 
you've never met this man. Never met this man. He's told me he's cried because I've cancelled our date. And I was like, obviously. Wait, was he trying to be funny? Like maybe no. it was satire. No, so he's a musician. He's very deep. So <laughs> he's not funny. Let I mean, me- he's not He's not <laughs> actually deep. He's giving like faux deep, like uh, tortured soul but went to a private school, you know. Honestly, and like lives in Brunswick, which is just like this place in Melbourne that every rich white boy lives, but they dress like. Oh, really don't cool. worry. I know, I know, Brunswick. You know it. <laughs> so then, obviously, me being overwhelmed just means absolutely nothing to this man. He's just gone straight in and talked about his feelings. And then I just said, "Sorry, I don't know what to say. I don't have the capacity for this right now. So I think it's best we just leave things because that's a fucking crazy message to receive, right? Unhinged. Yeah. It's about to get so funny. So then he goes, ha, 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 fuck, what did I expect you to say? Seriously. But, like, when will it be okay for men to show their emotions? Legit, the reason why I don't have anyone to talk to and end up doing this shit is because my mum sucks, but that's not your problem. I didn't reply, obviously. Are we sure he's not doing a bit? This is wild. No, it gets more fucked. Then he goes, just remember, when you decide to show interest in a guy that he likely has received the same emotional neglect from society as the rest of us. I haven't taken interest in a woman for months, so it just sucks even more. But yet again, not your problem, I guess. And please don't misread. This is me having a go. This is just how I communicate honestly with people. But yeah, do whatever you want, because the last thing I want is to make your life more complicated. And I didn't reply. (laughs) He needs a therapist. Bro, I know. I actually can't believe the level that this gets to. We've never met. And then he goes, to be fair, if you heard the fucking song I had to work on tonight, you would cry way more than me. Sorry for overwhelming you with all of that. And then I literally was like, because I wasn't, I was just reading it and I was at my friend's house. Uh, we were watching a movie. I was like, I'm just going to let this guy go, like, go on his own, do his thing. Oh, it gets so funny. It gets so much more funny. I said to him, this is insane. We barely know each other and I've told you I'm overwhelmed right now. I have my own stuff to deal with. Please stop messaging me. I, I actually generally am like, I think this man's not okay. Like, I'm actually having a moment of, like, concern. Like, there's no way he's yeah. okay. Like that, that it actually must be like in a state. Like I know that's I know it can- that's that's like I would be worried. I'd be like, okay, who's gonna welfare check? Like, not even I'm not even being funny. I'm being like, wait, I know what I know. But I'm like, if I'd met him and I knew him and I like wasn't absolutely terrified of yeah, fine. If that was a friend, I'm a random girl. Then he goes, I'm so- he goes, I'm sorry, I'm high and should have written that in my diary, which I am now there doing. There we go. Bye. Okay. Okay. He was high. Okay. That makes sense. But it gets worse. He then sends me a Dropbox link to a song he has written about the situation and edited that night. So this is at 2 a.m. when I'm asleep. He says, forgive the corniness and the rough draft, but this is the song. And ironically, it's all about this situation. Hence my fragility this evening. But yeah, enjoy it as a parting gift, I guess. Listen to the song. It's kind of a bagger. You're going, you're going, it's actually a good song. I know. And then I didn't reply again. And then a week later, he sends me another Dropbox link and he goes, fuck it. You're so beautiful. Here's the finished version. Sends me the final file. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You need to make it your intro music on the podcast. Oh, my God. I actually should have played the song. Do you know what? Maybe this was his plan all along to just get his song played on the pod so that, like, yes. people start listening Honestly, to maybe, it. Maybe he's an entrepreneurial king, a brand of exercise. <laughs> so the final message, which I didn't block him before this that I probably should have. He says, please help me understand how a woman claiming to need a break from so much that says she's not interested in me, who has described reaching out as insane, still manages to view all of my stories. Talk about mixed messages, Mads. I'm like, I am tapping through those stories so fast. I The only story I look at is mine, okay? <laughs> Does he think he can send messages like that and you're not going to stalk him? Because immediately I'm going, I want to stalk this man. Honestly, I will tell you his name after the podcast so you can stalk. He, the annoying thing is I told my friend this and she's like, I showed him to her and she's like, oh, he's actually really hot. I'm like, don't say that. The man is unhinged. We don't allow this behavior. It looks me nothing in this economy. <laughs> Honestly. So, yeah, that was my weird DM story. And at this point, I just had to, just had to block because I was actually low-key scared. So... If you're out there listening, I wonder if you listen to the pod. If you are, you're blocked. So please don't get in touch again, just in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> and if you are listening, like, please, please find a therapist genuinely. It'll make your life <laughs> so much better. Or maybe, like, join a hobby group or something. Like, get some friends, like, not in a rude way, like, in a genuine, genuine, like, a genuinely concerned, love you, King way. Um, 
time to get a hobby <laughs> entrepreneurial king yeah or you're so smart and i admire you <laughs> yeah he's actually done really well here and the song is low-key banger so you know what Live he got dream. what he wanted yeah oh uh, and my final question for this round is what is your funniest date story or your best date story or your most unhinged it's just a little story time you can make of it what you will recently i mean i actually have two cra- so i don't really date and then i was um i went to melbourne like this time last week and accidentally went on two dates accidentally which is like, not like me and then <laughs> No, they were literally, I swear to you, babe, they were literally an accident. They were literally an accident. Like, the last one I went on, I just, like, went, I met this person in the day and, like, clicked. We all went to, we all went to the pub after, we went to the pool, went to the pub after. And then it was, like, by the the end of the night, it was just us two. And it was, like, one o'clock in the morning, we're still sitting there chatting. And we both were kind of, like, did we just, like, accidentally, like, go on a date? Oh. Like, yeah. And I was, like, so, like, do we kiss? yeah and we're like yeah we're like okay great it looks like we're making out Amazing. Um, and that was really cute and really fun yeah the really date before fun. that which i don't even know if you would call it a date but again met up with like a friend i used to like flirt with and like i used to see i used to actually like we kind of de- like we always laugh about like i don't know what we were in a situation ship like year like a year and a bit ago but now mm-hmm. we're like friends yeah and we went to catch up and it turned into us all having i'm um, having a threesome which is crazy <laughs> it was my first threesome Amazing. on a wednesday night after the oh, after God. the pub love like, it like crazy so that was so, a crazy date date story and this was i don't have Mel- many crazy date stories this was in melbourne love it today's my um week threesome anniversary so congratulations oh, to me happy anniversary that's so nice <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so I wanted, I've got so many different things I want to speak to you about. And I feel like when we were chatting about a good discussion to have on the podcast, there's just so many different themes that I'm really buzzing to get your thoughts on. So first up, I'd love to know um, how your own journey of self-discovery has shaped your understanding of personal growth. Yeah. I mean, again, like what I was saying before is like, I think discovering myself, like I ended up like a online had an online presence accidentally um when I was like just turned 18 and like I didn't know anything about anything it's such an interesting thing I feel like when you're younger I think I was such a like know-it-all like in my head I was like 19 and I was like wow I really bypassed my 20s I'm so mature I'm so wise and now I'm like <laughs> babe you yeah. did not know anything um and <laughs> I think too being like closeted and like just it's crazy like people that have followed me from the beginning and like come and like I'll meet them I'm actually like that is truly wild to me like you have literally watched me like grow up and like yeah. and I'm still I'm only 26 like I'm still in my 20s yeah. going like what do I want to be when I grow up like who am I um and I've yeah. dealt with so much in my personal life and that has spilt on into my online presence because I'm like the definition of yeah. an oversharer um yeah and yeah, like that has been really interesting. I think too, like coming out, like I kind of knew I was queer very, very young, but I had a lot of internalized homophobia. Um, I also think being online made it more of this scary thing because I was like, what does that mean? for? Because also like, it's, it's crazy how quickly the industry and even the world in a way has changed. Like the online space or just the media landscape in general, when I started on social media was not what it is today. It wasn't like, express yourself and be who you are queen it was still very much like conservative in a way and so it wasn't like I was like 
felt like yeah. I was going to be celebrated for who I was. I was like, oh no, now I've ended up in this job in the media. So like, no way am I going to come out now. Yeah. And you sort of became a public figure as well. Like while all of that change was happening and people needed like icons or even figureheads to attach to certain labels. So it's like people are wanting more visibility of non-binary people in the media. So it's like, oh, who's the biggest non-binary person that is on social media now that we can insert into this so that we're ticking ticking certain boxes and stuff. So I guess that must be really challenging too to navigate. It's like, am I here because of the way that the media has changed? I even think about, and like, I feel very grateful for all this. Like I say, this was such intense gratitude, but I even remember like when I came out, like, and I didn't even come Mm. out. Like I literally, like I knew this thing about myself and then I I Mm. kind of accidentally, like most things in my life, I thought I was something (laughs) I would keep quiet for a really long time. And then I just like happened to fall in love with someone and like, you can't really control that stuff. Yeah. 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 And then everyone in my life obviously knew about it. And in my head, I was like, yeah, like eventually I'll come out online or like, it's not a big deal and like whatever. But I even think about like my coming out journey online was like through a brand deal. Like I was like part of like a, yeah. And like, that wasn't on purpose. I got asked because like the person knew that I was, but it was like, do you want to do it? Anyways, very grateful for the opportunity. But I even think about that and I'm like, that's crazy. Like I came out like on the internet because of like, we like, People don't usually experience that. And then I became like the poster child for like lesbianism. And I was like, guys, I don't even, I don't know shit about shit. Like I had to like do this quick work in community. And I'm sure community were looking at me and going, who the fuck is this person being our spokesperson? (laughs) I'm like, guys, I didn't plan. I I didn't mean to be. I'm just like out here doing me. And now I've become the like poster child for this thing. And like, I don't mind. I'm not like mad about it, but I'm not like not mad about it because I'm like, I am, I'm like a human being that is also on my own journey and learning all these things and will fuck up Mm -hmm. and has fucked up. And I'm going to be held to a standard that like I never asked for because I just happened to live, like I just happened to be a public figure super fucking young. Like it's so weird and it's helped me. Like it's, it's helped like the online landscape and like, even the change in the industry has helped me accept me, accept myself for who I am and like be celebrated and also heal a lot of like the trauma within that because I get to like, in a way, like be visibility to like other people and like use my privilege to like help or whatever. Um, And I feel very grateful for that. And that's been like the massive positive side, but yeah, there's also Mm. been this weird thing of like discovering oneself in an arena and like even like when you're in your young 20s you try lots of different things like you're like maybe I want to do mm-hmm. this maybe I want to do that maybe I want to be this yeah um and I was doing all of that online um which is fine it just means I've had like a million different like moments and like different brands and different eras or whatever um but it is really interesting because I even remember like when I was like younger on the internet I you know was discovering certain things about myself and sharing them. And now I look back and I'm like, that feels so far away from who I am. Yeah. And if people hear like, or see you, you know, share a certain viewpoint or, you know, provide your opinion on something, people feel like, I think every time I say something on social media and then I go against it, you know, even if it's years later, they're like, oh, I thought you didn't do this. Or I thought you didn't drink. Or I thought you weren't by, and then you were. And then it's just like, 
I'm allowed to just change. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Like you, just because I said something one time doesn't mean I like can't change my mind about stuff. And it's like, especially when it's, when we're talking about gender fluidity and sexuality, it's like, even if you have one experience one time and you decide that you're bi or you've, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't, like your whole life is just a one long journey. And like, you're just constantly growing and changing and different things are coming at you all the time. It's not like, and also the way that we use language to describe anything it's just words and language we're using to communicate it like that it's just a word that is labeled like associated with a certain thing or a certain feeling it doesn't actually mean anything it's it's all about how you feel about stuff seriously it's the internet's a weird place like that it's like we've always had opinions and feelings in life and now we've just have a forum to place them i always think like the internet is like road rage personified everyone's just projecting their own like annoyances about life onto like the internet yeah it's so true I'd love to know as well because you were the um the first if you can correct me on this if I'm wrong but on when you played a character on Neighbours you were the first non-binary character on Neighbours is that correct that is correct (laughs) yeah which is obviously super awesome I'd love to know um because there's so much talk in the media and like the acting industry about people representing characters that don't align with who they are in real life. Like for example, when Eddie Redmayne, I think played a trans woman in the, is it the Bolivian girl or the Bolivian girl or something? And everyone was kind of like, yeah. yeah, well, why didn't you just get a, like a trans actor, actor or actress to do that? I mean, how do you, how do you feel about um, that stance on thing? Like a, for example, like a straight actor playing a character that is gay in a film, like what would you say is like ethically correct there? Obviously it's a gray area, but yeah, I'm just interested to know your thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like nuance to that um, discussion. I think when it comes Mm. to specifically trans facing, I, I am of the opinion that until we have equality within the industry where trans um, and gender fluid actors are firstly taken seriously, are being cast Mm. in things, um, Mm. in whatever role that be, then we can have a discussion about um, who plays, you know, a character for what. But I think when trans roles and trans actors are – and this isn't even talking about me specifically. Like I'm gender fluid. I'm not trans. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I yeah. play – yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this – is, I just want everyone to know I'm not – this isn't a woe is me. This is an opinion outside of me um, because I know yeah. that I have a lot of privilege in the body that I move around in. But until trans actors are – um, at a level of equality in terms of being cast in 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 the TV and film industry, then it it is. I mean, it's it's just like not. It it just feels off to put it absolutely lightly that then there's a trans character there's literally like that fits the brief, and then you give that role mm. to a fucking straight cis person um or just a cis person mm-hmm. um and so i always say look there is a discussion to be had about who can play what people go the whole thing is isn't it isn't it acting and it's like yeah sure but i think when when it comes down to it unless there is um yeah equality um within um casting in this country overseas mm-hmm. um in across many different industries then i think those roles should go to trans actors i also think there's something to be said mm-hmm. for them just bringing a better performance like when you have like being trans mm-hmm. or queer is such a specific thing like it's such a specific experience mm-hmm. that unless you've had it in a yeah, way like yeah. sure you you can 
um, do a good a good job at playing mm. that character. But I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like a trans actor or a queer actor will bring something more to the role like i just think it will be better and have more heart and more soul in the work um which is just an opinion but i Mm -hmm. would just go like you'd be a fool not to cast a queer actor in that role like that just seems like a silly move to me yeah 100 percent. i completely agree with that i think it's something that i've never talked about on the podcast and it's it's super interesting and how do you navigate an industry that that is experiencing inequality like how would that impact the way that you would you know like accept roles or you know like do your job like how how did you how do you do that I mean again I want to acknowledge that I have a lot of privilege that I move around in um working in the media or as an actor but I do even from that side of privilege like I do remember when I got cast in Neighbours as the first non-binary character and yes Mm. I am gender fluid and I use gender neutral pronouns so it did make sense but there was a small part of me that Mm. was like am I right for this role because not because I'm not envy but because I am such a palatable choice in that role like I am cis passing Mm -hmm. like I um obviously have a platform I'm white I'm able body I have pretty privilege like I am the most palatable and non-binary person I also use dual pronouns like I'm one of the most palatable non-binary people you could cast in that role and there was a level of like is this correct Mm. um and I think a lot of that goes on it's like how palatable can we make this like how can we tick a box but also make sure it's palatable um and that happens across so many industries in lots of different ways um and yeah palatability is something that I try like I kind of look at even within my job as an influencer like in the media it's like people will want queer people but if you push it too far if you're too vulgar then it's like no no not not you you're too controversial and it's like am I controversial or am I just like actually being who I am which is like the whole idea of what you want like queer people are just like they're full expressions of themselves but if that is too if your queerness kind of bleeds outside of the box of like conservative media then it's like you can't be like you won't be touched um in like like for jobs so yeah it is it is really it is really interesting and I mean I would say it is difficult the media landscape is difficult for yeah queer people gender diverse people women um anyone that isn't like honestly like a white cis straight man um in the Mm -hmm. world period but yeah it is something that I definitely navigate but I also acknowledge that like I, I am one of like someone who does have a lot of privilege in the way that I move around because mm. I'm very palatable, which is also why I think I get like even we're in pride at the moment and like I will work during pride because like, I mean, I'm not going to like completely diss myself. Like obviously I have a lot to, to give and like I've been in this landscape for a while and like I have skills but another part of me knows that, like, I'm the chosen lesbian because I'm, like, I'm a palatable lesbian. Like, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's interesting that when you say palatable, it's, like, palatable to the people that are controlling this wider media narrative, which is conservatives and, like, and men. And it's sort of, like, um, you use the word token in there as well, which I think is interesting. Or the poster child, it's sort of just, like, here's something we prepared earlier, like something that is easy for you to digest as someone who's not exposed to the queer community as often. I think it's, yeah, it's really interesting and it's really frustrating. Yeah. 
for sure. And then obviously um, in saying all of this, you know, it can it can take like things like this can take a toll on your mental health and self-care is quite a recurring theme on um, your socials. So I'd just love to know how you personally practice self-care and what self-care means to you and looks like to you. I actually had a reframe of this recently. I interviewed the wonderful Chris Cheers on my podcast. He's an amazing um, psychologist. If anyone here doesn't follow him, I really would recommend his queer man and just so insightful and I actually I'm pretty sure I don't know if this was on or off mic but I kind of posed to him this idea of like self-care feels really like like a weird way to describe it but I don't know how else to describe it and then he was like talking about how self-care like its actual roots came from um the like black women rising up um And it was an act of like social justice, of activism, this idea of like self-care and like looking after each other and looking after yourself in order to like dismantle um, the system and how it's gotten lost along the way. Like a lot of things, it becomes like gentrified and almost like whiteified and then becomes individualistic and more under the guise of capitalism rather than actually where what its roots is, which is more so to do with the collective. So he describes it as us care instead of self-care. And that's something that I really, really really liked because something that kind of keeps me alive and happy um and strong to be able to do the work I do and look after the people around me and look after my community is looking after myself but the way I do that is through um the being aware of like collective consciousness and also um staying connected and sometimes that is doing something individualized for myself like exercising you know journaling but the reason why I do those things is so I can show up to the world as the best version of myself in order to help the collective it's not about making my life better it's about making my life better so others lives are better and when I reframed that it's helped me so much even within like making sure I stay consistent with activities that make me feel good because it's no longer purely about me it's about me in terms of being part of like the wider world and I think too like community and connection is essentially in my opinion like our it's the thing that keeps us here. It's the thing that makes life what it is. Otherwise we wouldn't be yeah. just, you know, otherwise mm. you're just like a, any other animal on the planet. Like, even though they have, the, you know, yeah. whatever, I'm not going to get into the science of connection, but I think connection yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the golden, the golden um, nugget. And I've really found recently how much I rely and how much joy and happiness and strength, honestly, like, strength in myself I get from um really being conscious of looking after the community of people around me and in in the world so that was a long-winded way of saying that self-care is something that is important to me but it's definitely something that I've reframed and dived into because I realized that this kind of you know tokenistic idea of self-care is kind of being hijacked by capitalism and individualism and I think too being on the internet and seeing a lot of people talk about self-care in regards to mental health, um, which is true. But I think sometimes we lose that mental health is like 
it's it can sometimes be messy and like mental health extends to yes. us being anxious in our bedrooms about our work same to you know yeah um even what's happening overseas at the moment like people don't seem to put those things yeah. together they think of mental health and self-care as an individual thing rather than how are you looking after the collective and people that are in really dire situations do you care yeah. about that because that is the same as you feeling anxious about your job yeah. you know like it's not it's not the same but i mean yeah. as in like if you care about mental health then you care about ev- like all of us together and i think the reason why mental health is so fractured in today's society is because we've split off from everyone else instead of actually tapping into what i believe is like humans are built for we're all in i believe we're all interconnected we're all super empathetic and pick up on each other's stuff but we're not kind of fostering that space and looking out for each other instead we're kind of against each other and i think that's why we're all hurting so much in the world well it's been so amazing having you on the podcast and thank you so much for joining me for my 100th episode i wish we could carry on but it's just been brilliant thank you so so much and i'm just really proud of everything you're achieving and all the awesome work you're doing you're just a rock star so thank you so much i hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful kath please let me know if you enjoyed the show how you're loving it 100 eps just get in touch with me and let me know your thoughts because i love hearing from you guys and i'm super grateful that you're here See you soon for season 11. Peace. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 